Welcome back everyone to episode 49 of the Precision Unloaded podcast, another great edition where I pretend to know nothing, Graham pretends to know everything, and the reality is the opposite. But to balance that out, we have Jeff on board again uh, from the Gunrack, our chief sponsor of this episode, and Jeff is our fact checker and will put us right when we're wrong, Um, and Graham is frequently wrong, so... Uh, how are you going, Jeff? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, I don't know if I can um, quite promise to do all of that. Um, I'm probably just as wrong as Graham. I'm not, I'm not wrong, I'm just misinformed. Yeah, anyway. <clears throat> You'll get cancelled if you stuff it up. That's the main thing. So, Graham, how are you? I'm okay, Mark. Thank you for, uh, thank you for having me on. It's a, such an honour. It's alright. Any time. Well, well, twice a month is enough. Twice, twice a month. Yeah. Anyway, we're building up for episode 50 anyway, so I think that's going to be good. It'll probably have a viewership somewhere between the Queen's funeral and none, so... <laughs> good range. You I, guess which end it'll be. Uh, I, I, doubt we'll, I doubt we'll get people lying in the streets, but I mean, no, it's a pretty big no. deal. It's, you know, I mean, you have no other options when it comes to, like... No. Um, shooting podcasts in this country so and due to my advancing age i have no idea how often i've repeated myself on various topics so and we're only 50 in close to close to yeah anyway well, maybe I guess w- we'll, when when you when we get to 100 we'll replace you with a, a younger co-host yeah that's probably a good idea i need an exit strategy uh, so, you, you could do like a rugby podcast or something no like australian no. cricket oh yes yes Rest in peace, no, Shane Warne. No, no. Some sort of far right politics podcast or something. No. Fuck. No? No, we have to look. No, no don't. Far left. I can go far left. <laughs> go far left. Antifa, something like anyway, that. Anyway, that was the third time politics have ever been mentioned on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talked about an exit strategy. Anyway. <laughs> it, it'll be as about as successful as Afghanistan. There you go, but more politics. True. Um, right. Anyway, Mark. Briefly, before we get into the, the, the topic of the night, which is um, adding weight to your rifles, balance, etc., as uh, weight as the world moves away from how I think it should, um, <clears throat> what have you been up to? You've been uh, doing a bit of shooting, a bit of pest control, a bit of... Uh... Yeah, it's been a few weeks, so uh, main uh, project um, was getting the 375 back out and um, finally getting my two rings, 30mm rings, rather than one ring that she ordered from overseas and got a, took a month to get here and I was thought I brought two and got one anyway so mounted a new scope on that uh, you obviously did some reloads for me so um, some 270 grainers slightly hot but we put it straight into production that was my instruction so anyway um, we've got it sighted in and shooting pretty well so surprisingly um, accurate for a... yeah it's actually quite accurate yeah um yeah, which should be good. I look forward to using it on a few hunts because it's certainly not going to be a uh, truck gun for culling goats. Well, that's all it's been used for so far. <laughs> <laughs> Due to the hefty amount of powder it absorbs and the cost of it in general. So, um, But the main issue was it was trying to wreck the scope. So I've been uh, thinking about that a lot. So for those... I've fixed it, but anyway. What did, you, did you put sticky tape in there? <laughs> No, a grip. <laughs> grip tape. <laughs> I, I looked at all the options and 
people were saying lapping the scope rings and yeah you know i know what a lappy is but lapping no nah, not gonna go there so um so i went with a grip tape which i've done my mini 30 which had the same you know the proprietary ruger rings it used to just munch through scopes like nothing else um and i remember putting grip tape in that and it fixed it instantly so and didn't actually damage the scope either so um like, like rubbery grip tape or like sandpaper yeah. grip tape no 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 just a um a textured yeah not sandpaper no yeah and what it does is this provides a bit of um i guess yeah ten, you know tension because it was actually grinding into the aluminium on the front one so oh. on the scope I, tube i think the scope if this doesn't fix it i think the scope's too heavy for the gun if that makes sense so when the rifle's recoiling with a lot of recoil the scope's so heavy it's not yeah. recoiling back at the same um rate if that if that comes across right so the scope's trying to stay where it is and the rifle's moving back quickly because it's such a heavy scope and and the yeah. rings have such a thin um contact surface so hopefully this this uh a hatidi style gunsmithing trick fixes it <laughs> it doesn't completely I, wreck that two thousand dollar scope i've put about 10 more rounds through it and it's fine so okay how many reason. rounds did you shoot the other day? Because you gave me a lot of brass. Uh, it was a bit, wasn't it? Anyway, yeah. Anyway. So the Ruger is the Ruger is cool. We we can yep. confirm it. So you shot it now. We were so two two seventy grain mm-hmm. bullet at two seven forty. Did I say? So 50? Yeah. we're going to slow that down a bit. We're going to drop a grain of powder out of it for those. Yeah. Because that is that is quite fast. It's yeah. um it's quite yeah anyway but um a few little signs of yeah pressure it's starting to get mm. some pressure signs some um ejector swipes and such so <clears throat> we we zeroed this thing we we're up there doing a few things but we zeroed this thing in and 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 when we got up there carl said hey is there any goats about and he said no nah, i've been shooting already so they've buggered off and unbeknown we were shooting away several millsurps and the ruger and then lo and behold a mob of i don't know six or eight goats wandered down the hill towards us um so it was a perfect opportunity to test the uh, 275 spear hot point. Mm. So how did that go? Well, I know how uh, it went. But. Good. At, at 120 metres, um, the goat didn't step anywhere. It just collapsed. So um, put a reasonable size hole in it. A very reasonable sort of, size hole, yeah. Yeah. Uh, impressive amount of um, damage. So if, um, if anyone was quick enough, Mark put a picture up on the podcast page of it, <laughs> and, then, and then he went back and photoshopped out the uh, the large um, basketball size hole out of the opposite shoulder of the coat. But, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there is what it is. But um, it's too graphic. We uh, you, uh, feel free if you don't have the picture to message the podcast page, and we will send it to you. Um, it's just a big hole through a goat. That's all it is. But um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was quite. Uh, it would have been disappointing if it was a small exit wound. To be honest, the amount of yeah. effort gone into these things. So, um, but no, it should be good out to a good range. <laughs> um, the scope on it's a three to eighteen. Myop, uh, Myopter, yeah. Optica, yeah, yeah. Optica six that I had on the two two four. So, that's not a bad scope. It's probably a bit big, but I had a two to seven. It looks stupid, tiny. I reckon a, tube a and... one to ten razor <laughs> would be just the coolest scope for that. What do you reckon, Jeff? One to ten razor, um, <clears throat> PVO all day. Oh, frick yeah! Ah, so then yes. when, when you got oh man, 
But anyway. do you know how many guns I want to put that on? Because anyway. buy three of them. Yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it was cool to see that thing finally running, and the, and the accuracy is um, like minute of angle. So yeah, um, we were shooting steel plates, not not big steel plates, well medium sized steel plates. So yes. At 300 meters with relative ease. Um, yeah, 325 was no problem. Yeah, like it was it was windy, so we had to deal with that. But um, yeah, so it's, I, I think it should be quite a good um, deer hunting cartridge anyway, especially on uh, the larger deer. But Yep, and so that, yeah, you know, what else I've been up to? I've, been, I've dragged out the 22 again and been doing some testing with that, with the scope on it for the um, speed versus precision match coming up after Jeff's match. What, um, what have you settled on for, for 22? What are you using? Chris. Chris, yeah, I like yeah. it. Uh, the Defiance and um, a 5 to 30 power BDX scope. So 5 to 30? Yeah, yeah. I doubt we'll have a target past 150 metres. No, but it's, I can... Anyway, same old thing. I can add all the uh, target distances in, get dots for them all. And I've been testing it out up at the pine tree block, and it's it's great. Oh, the, the game of that event, which is in about a month, a little bit further, two months. Anyway, is speed. So that, yeah. that could be hey, that could be what gives you the big the big win That's you've been right. after for the last two years, mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm actually I'm meaning I want to talk to you as well. I think we should get a couple more mags each. Or we, yeah. or we squad together and just share mags, but anyway. No, that's a good idea. Because yeah. um, I've been out possum shooting with it just you know, to get more just time with the gun, getting used to the controls again. So yeah, it's great on possums. I mean, because I put the laser back on and the, <laughs> and the torch. So you... <laughs> the great thing was the laser has got big... safe every, every time you move. <laughs> and the laser, you can just dial. So whatever range you're at with the scope, if you've, you know put a dot on you can basically dial the laser to match the scope dot so you can just shoot off you know pretty much shoot any range with the laser offhand once you get it tuned in so it's good yeah we have used it in the past and it was quite accurate with the laser on, yeah. on possums and trees and stuff but it's like, actually a bit of a heavy gun to lug around possum hunting i don't you got yeah, a big anyway. giant military grade laser bolted to the front of it <laughs> The scope's not small either, but anyway. So no, no, that's no because it's not a heavy gun. <laughs> no. Yeah. LPVO, that's what I need to put on. Oh, that, that would be a good one for a razor, actually. Yeah. See, now you do yeah. need more than one razor. That's the trouble. Um, other than that, uh, someone dropped some deer off for me today. Um, <laughs> oh, what, are you going to eat those there? Uh, initially, I thought, oh, oh no, because I could sort of... The smell permeated through the windows of my ute. So, yeah. anyway, someone managed to dump four dead deer on the side of the road, um, just up from my place. No idea why. Well, I think I've worked it out because uh, the deer were very rotten. They're all gutted, one red, three fallow, and uh, they pretty much look like they processed them, hung them up. So I'm assuming someone's chiller might have broken down or something. And all these deer have gone off because they had like rubber gloves and a, and a like a hazmat suit that they left behind. <laughs> so they must have. But I, I managed to throw them over the bank without chundering, so it's fine. Anyway, hunters, great people. Probably, probably pig hunters. Anyway. 
Oh, it sounds like you've had in trouble. It sounds like I will forget though your people. Uh, you sounds like you've had an entertaining fortnight then. Actually, yeah. So we did some. Well, I'll mention what I've been up to because I did interview yeah. with you. But and, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a bit limited on been a bit limited on shooting, but um, we did a session with you. We came up, shot some milsurp, uh, which was good fun. Uh, one of those weird sessions when, for those of you who shoot surplus rifles, you got several new surplus rifles and they all shoot bang on, like no adjusting sights, nothing. It just worked. Um, that was so that was nice. It's not often <clears throat> that old guns just just work so well. Um, but we'll we'll have another Milsurp episode later on in the year. Um, anyhow, but um, yeah. and then bunch twenty two, and then um, yeah, a few sessions here and there, just doing some practice, trying to tune up the skills. But um, no hunting. I have I figured out I've only shot one deer all year, whole year, which is for a lot of people might be normal. If normally we do probably about thirty plus, so um, I'll rectify that soon. But yeah, other than that, just doing that stuff, loading ammo and. Um, and planning competitions, I'll, I'll say something like that. Yeah. So Jeff, yeah. what about you? Just Jeff. So Jeff normally his practice is the um, first stage of the competition. Yeah. So you've <laughs> you've actually been doing. You, from what I understand, you've calm, cast away the shackles of your wife being your shooting partner, and you've got a new partner, and you're doing a bit of practice. Yeah. Um, so Mark's gonna, Mark's gonna tee up and shoot with her now, I believe. Actually. <laughs> oh, that is a good idea. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Carry on. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> well, Cassie decided that she wanted to to volunteer one of the days, so she wasn't um, she wasn't fussed if she shot teams. Or, I feel I feel like this is I feel like this is the agreed upon <clears throat> story. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. and and either she didn't want to be embarrassed by you, or you just really want to shoot with Tom. I'm just texting yeah. Carl saying he's sacked. <laughs> <You're> t- <laughs> <laughs> Don't you break Cassie Carl's did note. get like a uh, a one hit at Desert Jewel, so Oh, that's a good you know point. Who's there <laughs> she did get your one hit. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so no so, some practice. Um, with yeah, so Tom is gonna be my, my partner for Tarada Teams match. Very strong um, team, I might add. No, oh, thank you. Yep. Um, yeah, we've, and, we've you, and you don't you don't have to both. take the you don't have to take the boosters out of the car. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> um, yeah, we've we have shot together before, but obviously not as a team. So we've just had a bit of a chat around kind of team dynamics and what have you, um, and just a, a bit of a general like couple of props and um, a few targets out and make up some stages, and it was just basically to give each other some critiques um and yeah we both picked up a couple of things which was good and i convinced myself to um, buy a bigger um gamer bag from myself um and then i also i was trialing out the the tika uh, versus uh, 1022 in a rx chassis um and so I'd, I'd not really shot the 1022 much before and so zeroing it uh was interesting and then i had i had five mil of elevation left which i thought was very interesting so we figured out what i did was over talk the barrel um and apparently 1022s get what is known as barrel droop if you uh over talk them so really i think mark's been having yeah. that issues with a barrel droop <laughs> yeah Overtalked. Right. <laughs> I don't even get the opportunity to even think about it. 
It's <laughs> permanently barrel droop. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so you had barrel droop in your 1022. Yeah, yeah. I had barrel yeah. droop. Um, and then, yeah, in, in trying to rectify that, I was, I was, well, half the pins fell out of the um, trigger control group. Got those back in. And, like, the bolt stop wouldn't, sorry, the bolt release wouldn't let go. And I was, oh. so I, I just put it in parts back in my bag. When I, when I finally cleaned out the gun room this last week, I was like, oh, yeah, here's my opportunity to put it on a bench and just, like, sort it out. Took it apart, and something fell out of the trigger housing that I could not find on an exploded diagram of a 1022. Oh. So I don't know what it is. Um, some <laughs> random, really thin washer. <laughs> um, and I put it all back together according to instructions, and it still doesn't work. So, um, A, I... I'm starting to really not like the 1022 um, as a platform <laughs> from this limited experience. Uh, and B, I think I'm definitely going to stick with the Tika um, just for familiarity's sake. I reckon yep. I could run it faster than trying to get used to something. Man, Jeff and Graham gunsmithing would not be a popular business. Mark, <clears throat> let's not bring up <laughs> your gunsmithing at my house. Oh, true, yeah, good point, yeah. Smash it on the bench. Isn't the I was like, here, here, I'll sort that out. He's like, no, I've got it. And he's proceeded to beat it against the bench for five minutes <laughs> and then give it to me to fix. It's, it's broken now. <laughs> it's wrecked. And then the way. part we were putting on didn't fit. So we couldn't even put it back to original because it was broken. Anyway. Uh, I, I, I know what you're saying, though, Jeff, because I've stripped my 1022 down once in its life, my old one. And after doing that, I've I'm not doing that again because it's. It was a bit finicky to get all back together again. They are the easiest gun in the world. That's <laughs> <laughs> so simple. <laughs> Anyhow, right, just don't, I, I, don't think, clean I think the previous owner had a bit of a tutu with it. Cause ah, yes. Ah, I can see the bolt yeah. release has been filed out a bit, and I think this, the trigger's a bit lighter than it would normally be. So yeah. um, something's not right in there. Um, yeah, and then actually, uh, as I kind of mentioned in the side there, I, I redid my gun room. Um, so as part of my um, safety requirements for my dealer's license, I got asked to increase my security by lining the walls with um, some pretty thick ply. Uh, and I just took the opportunity to build a double-deck gun rack and put in a new bench for my um, powder dispenser and stuff. So that's been a bit of fun. Yeah, it's looking good in the images you sent me. Thank you. Very cunning plan. Good, good. Why haven't you built one yet, Mark? Hmm? You have, why have you not built a room yet? Uh, yeah, it's sort of on a plan. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I, I'd have to go underground, though. Probably two levels down. <laughs> <laughs> one one room just full of SIG BDX scopes. Well, no, one's got to be a rape dungeon, the other one the gun room. So Mark, so. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. Anyway, okay. Maybe we're replacing Mark sooner than we thought on the podcast. <clears throat> oh wait, we don't. Uh, Jeff, you're the sponsor, no, so you, you're the only one who can really um, cut funding. Restoring forage crops, Graham. Oh, rape. Rape is a crop. Uh, rape seeds. Yeah. Yes, rape seeds. Yeah, yeah. Get it right. I'm. I'm so sorry. I misheard you. Anyway, the dungeon is commonly used for storage. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, look at that seed vault in Norway or wherever it is. That, yeah, <laughs> in case we all die. Carry on. Okay, so so you you reckon the uh, the teak is the one to go for over the uh, the ten twenty two? Have you got have you got several mags for it? 
uh, four minutes. Yeah, um, that's pretty good. I think one of them wasn't running fantastic, so I'll, I'll spend a bit of time with that. But yeah, with the four mags. Um, and I, I, I'm just pretty familiar with it. It's set up pretty similar to my Santa Fire rifles. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. I One of my mags, it was actually the one that just got used the most. It ended up, the lips that ended up... Um, they're a bit worn, so the, the the one round can pop up now. So that's just worn out from I don't know however many tens of thousands of rounds. But um, I can bring you my ten twenty competition rifle if you want to have a look at that for a while. I'll have a look at it, but I don't think I'll run it. No, no, it's all right, it's all right. Um, just trying yeah, to lend least another. Just trying to lend least another rifle. <laughs> is is that how you hide them, or you just distribute them? Yeah, he puts all the uh -huh. empty boxes in my truck too. We we assemble them up at the hut, and then he puts all the packages in my truck for me to throw away. <laughs> Wait, your wife doesn't listen to this podcast, does she, mate? No. No, that's good. <laughs> no woman do, Graham. That's why I said what I said before. <laughs> I don't think any do, actually. I know. We're trying to be diverse, but look what happened. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyway, tonight's topic is because yep. we've been talking for 21 minutes and all we've covered is um sexual assault yep. dead deer and um 1022s are hard to put together so or not or, or, or not because <laughs> there's not a hundred thousand videos on youtube about it <laughs> <laughs> you make jeff feel bad oh sorry he's our he's our he's our uh, oh we he's forgot to mention guest and sponsor he, the gun rack is the official sponsor of the precision <laughs> unloaded podcast and we're probably going to lose that so um ouch <laughs> Anyhow. Come to us for yeah. all your 1022 needs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Want a 1022 put together? We we might be your guys. Yeah. I've got a cheap one this month. Put together. Come with a spare washer. We don't know what it's for. <laughs> Bit of a lighter trigger. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so we, what we're going to talk about tonight, um, we're just going to... Um, fat shaming. Fat shaming. So uh, as the competition... New Zealand's always the last to adopt most things when it comes to sports and um, definitely in the shooting world so uh, rifles are getting heavier uh, competitions are changing we've got a, a, a different series now alongside the uh, uh, ones we've had for a while <clears throat> where heavier rifles can quite often be a, um, a more of a help than a hindrance um, and also a way to mask a heap of issues with your shooting skills so we're going to talk about uh, you know, where well, it's opinions, right? Where it could be appropriate to add in weight, uh, balancing the rifle, and you know maybe how much is too much in certain situations. Um, yeah, take it away, Mark. It was your idea. It's my idea. No, I just intrigued me because um, I just noticed a lot more people starting to get into putting more weight into the stocks on their Paris rifles, so and also just talking to a few people. And you can get more kits and things to do it. So I was wondering, are there just heavy chassis out of the box that you wouldn't need to do it with? Then my other thing was, well, wouldn't you want a system where you can take it on and off? Not, you know, quickly-ish. So you can have the gun back to a lighter weight for types of competitions. So anyway, that's just my opening gambit. You guys know a lot more than I do. So, so I'm going to touch on it real quick. I've been talking about yeah. this with several people in the last few months is on, on why companies haven't done QD weights, like four-end weights. Yeah. With like a, like a, a quick-detached thumb screw. It's obviously it's got to be secure, but 
So it's like you've got a you're in a competition, which is traditionally um, stable. Your gun gets lighter and lighter well, as no, the day goes well, on. Well, you get stage, you get stage eight and it's unsupported. Things disappeared. So you, click, so you play because it's a it's a it's a game, right? And you can unclip the weights or or something mm. along those lines. But the, I'm not sure there's much in that sort of realm. Um, no. But but anyway, it, it's actually Wes, um, our friend Wes, he runs a detachable weight he made at home out of a baked bean tin and some lead, so um, <laughs> it looks better than it sounds, <laughs> kind of. Um, but but yeah, anyway, that's that's something I'm I'm curious about, but I haven't really seen because um, like you got M lock and stuff, but it's it's not. You you wouldn't want to probably be M locking off your weights during a competition between no. circles but but maybe if it was a, a proper qd that wasn't wasn't so junky um anyway, anyway yeah anyway. There's an, a weight on an arc array obviously gives you the ability to shift the weight around in terms of adjusting it so, so, so more which i've seen but that's that's probably mm-hmm. also kind of the opposite of of how you'd want to use it though yeah in that when you're prone, you want the not prone, but when your rifle's rested, you want all the weight to keep stable. And when you're unsupported, yeah. you probably want the weight off. Yeah, true, true. It's it's it's. I will cover it, but a lot of it's about balance too. Like you can have yeah. If you have all your so if you <clears throat> see by like ACCs, like the prime example right of uh, chassis that's made to be have weight moved around. So the MDT ACC, excellent chassis. So under the barrel, you can chuck. Um, uh, you can buy a weight kit, or if you're like me, you just make one. On the external surfaces of the rifle, you can add weights, and so you can. Some people just like fill everything up with weights and do a 30 pound rifle. Plus, they got a big, um, you know, axle of a barrel. Um, but then, what I think, you, you then run the risk of the front of the gun and forward of the action being terribly heavy, while the end is um, is not so. Um, you've got to sort of balance it. And if you are playing with a weight, put a little bit of weight in the rear, maybe get a, a, a bag rider to add some weight. Uh, I've got a small uh, weight in the buttstock just to try balance the rifle out. Um, so so maybe not going with just all the weight is really the best idea. Like In prone, it might not be that bad because you've got a big bipod up under the front of the rifle. Yeah. But when you're shooting off a prop, you're generally... Um, not far. Um, you have your support not far in front of the magazine well, so this where most people seem to like their balance points. Where I run mine for about two inches forward of the of the magazine right. well. Yeah. So let's just take this back a little. Um, we, did you ever have you ever really weighed guns a lot? Like going, oh, my guns. The setup's getting quite heavy or light or Jeff or you know did did. Have you ever really been that worried, or you just think this is heavier than I normally expect? Or, um, I've I've never been too fussed on it. Um, I think probably where I first encountered thinking about weight was um, going the opposite way with hunting and super lightweight. Um, yeah. Which didn't really fuss me because I wasn't into that kind of hunting. Um, and then with um, with field shooting and PRS style shooting, um, I built a gun that felt comfortable for me for field shooting um, and and then when when the kind of overarching desire to you know bolt on a million weights onto your guns came around I'd, I already felt pretty comfortable with what I had so I it's not something yep. I've really chased no no that's right yep yep Graham so I I thought my main comp- so my main competition well I run two setups now but my main 
competition game, which, as mentioned, was the ACC. It's a six mil creed. I thought it was reasonably. I never weighed it, and I thought oh, it must be like seventeen pounds or whatever. But I eventually did. It was like fourteen and a half or something because a complete rifle, yeah, with an empty mag. Um, and being that that gun is more used for uh, <coughs> open class style rules or, or PRS events, where it's mid large majority is, is that stable barricades, etc., rather than like um shooting out of the trees and stuff like field. Um, I I increased the weight there to suit that game, if that makes sense. Yeah. Not, not drastically, um, but well, what I it was drastic for me. Um, and whereas I and then. The, with I've, I then so now I run a field setup and I have a separate setup for um, the more uh, barricade based PRS stuff. So and that and the, the my more traditional setup still coming in well under fifteen pounds. So I haven't actually weighed it like you mentioned, but yeah. So it's I'm I look at it now as a with well, both a game right, and so I'm using it as sort of a different tool for a different game. Um, Are you switching your six mil between the two setups? Nah, so I run the six five Creedmoor for field, and then six mil gotcha. for, yeah, and it's and yeah, um, I I really like the six five Creedmoor as a, um, it gives you really really good feedback on splash and on target, but and mm. and and uh, now that now that we have uh, PRS New Zealand starting to get off the ground, they've had a few events. Um, you generally only get one shot, then you move on. Um, whereas in field you might be able to re-engage a target a couple of times so uh, I not although I can still see my shots with the other one but um, I, I don't know I, I prefer the 6.5 for field for some for some reason I'm not sure why it's just what I like that makes sense yeah. um, I did I have actually um, I weighed my rifles and Cassie's rifles today um, and mine came in at 15 pounds um, that's one of the Boyd stock and Cassie's yep. in the ESS chassis, uh, 16 and three quarter pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And then at 22s. Sorry? I would have thought it would have been heavier. Yeah, anyway. But yeah, the, yeah I same. I, I would the other way around. It yeah. Feels yeah. chunky. Yeah. Um, our 22s are mine's 11 and a quarter pounds, and hers is 13. Um, and that's just the extra length of barrel on the CZ, the 457. Yeah. And then our hunting rifles, mine's ten pounds and hers is eleven. Hmm. It's pretty pretty standard sort of weight for a hunting gun. I mean it's not the topic, but um hmm. that, that's oh we've talked about it in the past, but I think you can go too light in hunting. Definitely yeah. go too light. And it's all again dependent on what you're doing. But it, that's a topic for another day. But um yeah. being that I'm such an experienced hunter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I did find it interesting though that you know our well, you know mine and Cassie's um, field shooting setups are only like kind of five pounds heavier than our hunting rifles. Yeah, but you, that could almost you can you can uh... you'd have the impression that they'll be double <clears throat> in a way. Well, I mean, a lot of us run reasonably uh, like our scopes on our hunting guns. I'm not sure what you're running at the moment, but probably an element but they're getting pretty feature rich anyway so i imagine that adds yeah. weight we never used to have in hunting guns yeah um, that's true well i've like feverishly stuck with the little lightweight zeiss like it's dialable but it's quite small and like it's it's no titan or carlos or anything right but it's um it's well for, for medium range hunting it's fine but but in, anyhow the the 
So you said hers is about a pound heavier than yours. Her her precision rifle. Yeah, almost two pounds. Two pounds. So she's running from memory an ESS 6.5 Creedmoor 26 inch barrel with an Element Titan scope. You're running, I imagine the same scope, same barrel action, and then Boyd stock. Yeah, Boyd stock. uh, Yeah, with the Area 419 rail um, bolted to it. Um, and I think I actually I still got a Vortex PST Gen two on that one, which will be a similar weight. Is that a first focal plane? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I, that's the thing. You are similar to me though. You, you assume these things are weighing in more because you've never. Well, a pound doesn't. I, I don't pick something up and go that weighs a pound because a pound's an irrelevant yeah. measurement in my opinion. But um, for those who are curious, it's two point two pounds to a kilo if you want to um, use new money. But I did write everything down in kgs as well. If you want to switch to metric, <laughs> so so here you go, Mark. What's I doubt you've weighed it, but what's your tech? So you run a Tiki Tac A one six five Creedmoor. Mm, not sure of the scope at the moment. Is it the NX eight? Mark's muted, so he's probably just talking to the wall at the moment. <laughs> Come on, Mark. Come on, Mark. Mark's left the chat. So, so, so Mark runs the Tiki Tac A1. I believe it's an NX8 on it, which is not a particularly heavy scope. I think it's sort of targeted as a tactical hunter style scope. It's um, only a 30 millimeter tube and so on and so forth. I'm not. I don't think it's particularly heavy though. I doubt they come in. It'd probably be similar around that 15 pound, uh, 15 pound mark. So he made the comment to me after a recent match about potentially adding some weight. So I'm curious just to see. Um, if he's actually going to go ahead now I don't imagine you can add internal weights into the TAC A1 the chassis is uh, a little bit older styled but you could definitely add um, it's M-Lock so you could add an external MDT weights or, or something along those lines yeah just, just make up a, something with a long piece of steel and get some M-Lock hardware actually, probably the easiest thing would be because he put an arc rail on it from you get the Area 419 arc rail kit that has the brass weights in it mm the weight tunable yeah yeah that'd probably be um, an easy way of doing it. and then you can move that weight around so i've got that up in front of me so that's 20 um with all of the weights in it so obviously then you're not tuning it you're just using it for all the weight mm-hmm. that's 23.6 ounces which is Two pounds? like 1.7 pounds yeah yeah because 16 ounces to a pound yeah 1.7 pounds 1. God, 8 that's, pounds. that's a terrible measuring system i um, know i know <laughs> Like everything else is in like twelves, like there's like twelve inches to a foot, and there's three foot to a yard. Like it's it's madness. Anyway, uh, <laughs> whoever come up with that, um, are you back, Mark? I can see you on the on the thing yep. now. Okay. Sorry, yes. So obviously you've had to go and rescue a possum out of a tree or something. But I was never never away. Oh, weren't you? that's that's good. So we I talked we talked to you for a while, but you weren't there. So we're just saying. I thought you wouldn't, because no one ever talks to me. Anyway, you, so you run. <laughs> The one time I go away. No, you're, we've got to have like the the this perspective from like the older seasoned like veteran, you know, yeah, the, the current yeah. Tarata practical champ. I might add. Um, so speaking of the Tarata practical champ, the rifle mm. you use to uh, to take victory, Tac A one, correct? Six five Creedmoor. Yes. Yep. Uh, NX eight scope. Yep. Okay. Going so to be swapped for the Carlos. Yep. Very wise decision. Um, Similar weight. So. So would, I can talk to my shooting partner in Mills. That's true. Would, now, are you, have you thought, we talked about it recently, but thought about maybe playing with 
weight in that or are you going to keep it as is yeah well one thing I'm going to do is take off the um muzzle brake the brake yep. yeah and put a, put a suppressor on which will probably weigh the three options and put the heaviest one on mm-hmm. yeah so I'll see how that goes because I've got a a DPT that'll fit it I've got a Hardy that'll fit it and I've got that titanium you are more than thing. welcome to try the one I have that um B&T oh that is like it's, a, it's, it's heavy but yeah golly gosh it's good for like golly gosh god <laughs> golly gosh I thought I was the old guy anyway there's yeah. the name of the podcast um <laughs> shit it's, Move on. It's a <laughs> golly gosh, it's a very good suppressor. But no, for like I've mentioned it before, but like recoil reduction and noise, yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. It's muzzle forward, so you're keeping the heat off the barrel, but it does make the rifle longer. But your barrel's probably only like 22 inches anyway, so it's not the end of the world. Yeah, um, more than welcome to try that out. Um, yeah, okay. I just weighed the 224 the other day because I was mucking around, and it's filled at 14 pounds. Mm-hmm. That's yep. a 224 Valkyrie with that. KRG stock on it, yeah. Uh, MDT XRS. XRS, sorry. Yep. Yeah, similar thing. <clears throat> yes, they are both chassis. Yes. Anyway, so it's 14, so, yeah, and it feels, it's a smaller round, so it, does, it feels fine with that weight. Yeah. But, yeah, the Tika, yeah, probably only really limited to strapping something under the rail, like you were saying, right under the bottom, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it might look a bit odd with the external like MDT weights on the outside. No, no, um, exactly. No, I'm, I'm, yeah, pretty. I'm not that really phased about going heavy with that. So you, sh- you sh- when you do um, when you're not match directing, you shoot a lot of practical class too, though. So it's yeah, it, that's 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 the thing, right? So we're, we're probably good thing bring it up, but it's um. And if I suppressed it, I'd use it more for hunting. Are you limited on hunting rifles? Probably not. No, no, you're not. <laughs> Have you already forgotten about the Seekins? Yeah, true. That's a good point. And the Mauser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Waypoint and every other. Anyway, not even to mention the the Morel, but uh, that's fine. Um, maybe maybe I'll shoot practical with the uh, the don't cross. Use, don't say cross. Yeah. Don't, don't use the waypoint. A, a lighter PRS rifle. Don't use the waypoint. Remember the first time you used that competition. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't a success. I don't know how though, because it's a good rifle. But moving on from that, um, I think so that was me. Not the I hundred percent agree. It was you. Um, yes. So that's. Uh, I won't slag that off like I did the poor Sig Cross. Right. So anyway, we've talked about this weight issue thing, problem thing, whatever. So we took range of what fourteen to sixteen pounds on some current setups. Yeah, I'd say so. From what I'm hearing, so. But we're talking about people getting up into the twenties. Is that? Yeah, I mean, what some of these things are weighing in it now. I'm, I'm, I know a good friend of ours. He's at like twenty-two at the moment, I th- and I think he's. Um, he actually was meant to be on the podcast tonight, but he uh, he had uh, better things to do apparently. Um, uh, but uh, so Collie, he's, he's I think he's around twenty-two. I believe he's got a new chassis coming, the um, KRG C4. It's going to add a little bit of weight. Um, he all, he's also running very thick barrels now, like straight taper. Yeah. Um, just like they just, it's literally the barrel blanks that turn up. They bore the caliber through them and chamber it, and that goes on his rifle. Well, they, they thread. The, anyway, um, so he's he's playing that game full on, full on like American spec, Aussie spec PRS rifles. So, but from previous discussions with him, we've had on the podcast about. The competition he's in in Australia, 
that's where you got to go. Yes. For, for, for what he's doing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, some of them are running £30 over there. Yeah. Which is just madness. <laughs> so I can't even get it. I can't even fathom that. But, um. It's like you plonk it down, it's not going anywhere. As long as you don't have to move too much. No. So then, okay, balancing them. Um, obviously, the heavy going with this heavy barrel out of the gate, as you said, makes them quite front heavy. So you'd be focusing on trying to balance the weight up at the rear. But um, but just adding some weight to balance the gun is that probably also a component to this. Well, if you have if you have uh, especially like a really long barrel and it's a big heavy taper or no taper straight barrel whatever. Yeah. Or and so say it's real muzzle. Um, heavy or whatever when you shoot it's going to buck right it's not going to sit flat so yeah either or, or say if your butt stock's too heavy you've got quite a light barrel whatever so you really want that 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 that's um center of gravity to be essentially where you'd place it on a barricade and then um uh so it's, it's gonna obviously sit there nicely and you're not going to be fighting it when you're on target so you're not going to be yeah. having to use your your muscles to manipulate the rifle you know you don't want muscle tension and stuff and then and then again, when when it recoils, it, it should be more linear, um, flat. I was trying to I was trying to figure something out about this today. So completely agree with what you're saying there. Um, yeah. And then I was wondering if the placement of the weight, you know, more in line with the um, say in line with the um, axis of the bore, or lower down. So for example, um, <clears throat> uh, Wes's. Um, undercarriage weight yeah um or, or if you had uh, the, the, wad, the, weight, wa- like, the waddy's weight yeah the waddy's weight or if you had a weight uh like a big heavy stainless steel weight under um under your buttstock or, or whatever if that's pulling your rifle up or down relative to your center of gravity mm. um do you think that would affect the pattern of your recoil as well um in terms of coming straight back or bucking down or or, or dipping the nose, yeah, I think it will. I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't like gone out and tested it, but I mean, but I mean, if if you if you apply the fundamentals correctly, your square trigger pull, blah 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 blah, you hear it on all the professional podcasts. But if you're doing that, then you should get a repeatable process. But yeah. if it's bucking, then you're probably not going to be able to watch the shot, right? Yeah, and so you're going to get inconsistencies there. And it might not, like you say, buck exactly the same every time. So it'll... Ugh. I guess you could just treat it like a natural point of aim issue, right? If your natural point of aim is off, which is 95% of all shooters, you're going to shoot a bigger group because the gun is moving um, sporadically as you shoot. But if you've got your natural point of aim fairly well set, you're going to get... Well, it's instantly going to shrink your groups down. Mm. Um, anyhow. <sighs> so there's some if you sit now if you get this this heavy gun and it's 25 pounds and you get it balanced really well it can actually um sort of roll back some of your fundamental issues it, well not roll them back but it can mask them or uh, maybe it's like bogging over rust in a car right like the issue's still there and it's going to bite you in the ass but it looks all good for now um so it's the same thing with really really light triggers um so yeah it's a funny one it's I, I don't know. I'm only really playing with putting a little bit more weight in the rifle now, so I definitely don't have five years of experience in it. I've usually shot lighter rifles, so. Well, and neither does anyone else, right? Like you said before, this is a, a new style of game that we're experiencing now. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing to remember, though. It is a game. It's not a... Like, the idea behind, especially PRS, was in the beginnings from what they talk about. It's practical, but it's it's gone away from that. It's become, like, bench rest barricade, right? And it's um, big heavy guns, super light recoiling, funnily enough, bench rest, cart- bench rest cartridges. And um, so, you know, you plonk the, plonk the bag on, shoot. And then you move, plonk the bag on, shoot. So it's a game... Um, it's not hunting so it's again having that heavy gun is not an issue whereas if you're at a hunter event which again is still a game but it has more similarities um, yeah I don't know it's just we... oh, I suppose the, in a way the the course is known to a degree how it's going to be set up to a, you know I mean in general it's plonking it down on a barricade and the barricades are relatively you know you uniform so you know what you're getting so you can actually weight the gun up for that type of event yeah which is well, what's happening but um so it's not like you're going there and you you're not you don't you have not yeah you you're not you don't know what you're going to expect in terms of what sort of um props you're going to be shooting off sort of thing or how many of them will be standing unsupported or that you know those sort of things or whether you'll have you know, have to shoot sitting on the support or what it, you know type of thing yeah whereas it mm. it seems to be more of a um each round of one of those series is a pretty uniform course of fire i suppose yeah or yeah yeah well the props have been the same yeah essentially the same there's been a, uh the one the match that collie um did the design on that was cool had some really cool changes but um, yeah, it's I, I guess a lot of it in that in that is um, as as we so so Paris and New Zealand is a long way from overseas and like target size and time and stuff like uh, yeah we're like amateur league baseball compared to like um, pro level baseball um so but just it seems like transitions between positions like quick transitions you know like sort of sub ten ten seconds um you know from shooting. Uh, moving and then re-engaging this, the next target, so eight to ten seconds, that kind of thing, uh, and building that position super, super quick. That that seems to be a lot of what's the uh... yeah, and yeah. That seems to be more the game rather than um, like trying to build a position out of a really shit situation, which we might yeah. do at a, at a practical event. So um... okay, so bring it all full circle. Um, I guess the 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 thing that's vexing me is whether you'd build a dedicated heavy gun or you'd basically make it a modular one where you can reduce and increase weight as you see fit um, type of thing, you know. Jeff's a gun but, dealer. But, I know what he's going to recommend. Budget, <laughs> budgetary constraints for some people mean you'd probably want to do one gun Ex- to do it all. Exactly, and reloading and everything. Yeah, And familiarity with the... The rifle, yeah, the, the way it functions and yeah, how it shoots. Yeah. I think for the the reality is for for most people in our sport, um, you know, one or two competition guns across a variety of disciplines is what they have to work with. Um, yeah. and I think you know the likes of M lock weights or tunable arc rails, um, that kind of stuff is provides enough versatility. And yes, it's. I mean, it's not as as great as a you know, and like a QD type system, which doesn't exist. 
Um, but you don't need to be that quick because you know you, you prep days or weeks before the next match. Yeah. Yeah. You meet the one if if, if safe if you are running a one rifle, you know, one ring to rule them all sort of thing, and you want to do when it comes to field, you're not shooting open, you're shooting practical, which is still by far the most popular class. Um, it's probably well over two thirds would be practical. Um, we mentioned the the area four one nine um, tunable rail kit. So you want Arca, you could run that. <clears throat> you're shooting a, a PRS event, have the weights in, get the balance all perfect. You come into a field event, either take the Arca rail off completely or take the weights out of it, and obviously you still get your balance. And um, you could remove a you know significant amount of weight there, or if you're running an ACC or a different chassis, have a little. So you can have some little bolt-in accessories that are quite easy, and then you're not having to sign. Like if you, you might not want to have to take your um, your action out of the chassis, right? Because you might have time to get and re-zero, and you and you might know, hey, if I just unbolt these from the outside, my zero is not going to change. You hope, and I'm good to go. And then, because because again, especially if you're in a big city, getting to the range ain't simple. You might not be a range. Um, and so, if you can do these these alterations for a different style of event without having to um, disassemble the rifle, that's going to be a good thing. Um, and then, a month later, you got a a match where you want a heavier system if that's what you want to do. Clip the gear back on. You already know where they go, where the position is, um, what weight to put on, and your your your, your back set up for your uh, uh, heavier style um, need. If that makes sense. Or, or if, if 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 you have the uh, the spare resources, the spare treasure, um, maybe maybe have two setups. Um, and again, it's, this isn't a cheap game by any means, strict imagination. Having a whole other rifle, chassis, or stock, another optic, um, suppress whatever you know, it's it's that is an expensive option, but it's still an option nonetheless. What do you think about? Um, I'm just kind of thinking of this as I say it, um, but like there's, I don't know. We certainly noticed with with the bags that we've been bringing in, the shooting bags, rear bag support bags. Um, a lot of guys are tending to the heavier ones, um, and some of those with um, attachment plates to go onto Arca. Um, and I, obviously. The inertia is like not quite the same. It's not part of the same system. It doesn't move with the rifle. The bag wants to stay where it is. Um, but if you're arced into that bag and you've got quite a bit of weight into the bag, um, I feel like that would overall kind of achieve to a degree the same thing. I've noticed some people even running that. You, like you say, they'll have a bag that attaches, like not via a strap, but like you say, they're they're um, arced on. Um, and they'll actually even be shooting prone stages with them. I found it improved mine. Yeah, yeah sorry, you did. You, I, you've got me and you got some. Um, yeah. Section twenty two bags a couple of years ago, didn't we? Yep. Yep. Um, I felt it just overall, just improved the balance of the rifle a bit, just having it on there. Yeah. So as as a way of uh, shooting stages, the the clipping the bag to the gun has become less popular, but um, you still definitely see it and. I think one area where it seems to have trended with like the gamer plates and stuff is to have the plate on the tripod, not clip yeah. into your tripod and just put your bag on, which is which we've been I've actually been doing a heap of playing with lately. 
and you can you, I, I find I can get the same accuracy from that as clipped in and it's quicker um, and then if you have to like say in our comps where if you are shooting open and you're a tripod you might have or it could be 22s whatever you got to deploy the tripod several times instead of like having to unclip it you just lay it on the floor um, and then set up the tripod again and just throw it back on and you're not having to um, uh, arc her off and on um, yeah. or, or if, if you're a silly bugger try and manipulate the legs of the tripod while the rifle is in place that's just asking for trouble <laughs> oh, you, no, you'd be surprised oh, you, you, you've been watching me <laughs> but because um, what we've been doing a bit of lately uh, well, fun enough in comp but I've been doing a bit of practice in the background with Simon we always did one good session this, this loophole shooting um, we've got to set up the tripod multiple times into like really uh, well, the stuff we're doing is quite complex um, shots through the loophole um, and, and one the good thing about having the bag and, and this is the reason we've sort of started playing with these gamer plates is you've got your whatever type of bag and you run it flat right and okay there we go we're nice and low and oh shit I haven't set my tripod up it needs to be about three inches higher four inches higher you can turn your bag on its side or on its end and, and manipulate your height quickly with the bag now it's not going to be a perfect stable shot especially under time duress but um, if you were clipped in you've then got to unlock your legs and try and awkwardly slide the legs up with the rifle on which and it's not always the easiest so um, yeah are there proper plates for these yes there is not uh, not just a piece of plywood because it just really doesn't look cool no it doesn't look cool uh, Jeff sells a fancy <laughs> one Jeff uh, Aero 4191 correct yeah the Rail Changer X RCX Gen 2 yep um, excellent I'm going to find it. There's a okay. There's a plus side to this also. So ah. I've got the Baker wings on the um, the ACC. Now they have this really nice thumb thingy. So when you got your arms stretched out, they're quite lovely. But you can run the the rail changer, or what it's called, on your balance point. So when you so you haven't got a bag attached to it, but when you place your your firearm on the bag, you've got a nice wide footprint. Mm. So, so a lot of people run them in in that manner now. So maybe not attaching to the bag, and, and but that that's still the, the the interface. But they're not clipped together. So that's another way of doing it. Um, uh, I've just been really cheap, and I've just been making different designs that work out of steel, and playing with different ones and seeing what works and what doesn't, and sizes and etc. Um, and then I, yeah, I so plan on getting some cut out of aluminium when I'm finished. But um, yeah. It's, um, so the the rail changer is attaches to your gun. I don't know. You you probably need some sort of adapter, like a double sided arc or something, to run it on your to try and run it as a table on your uh, ah, tripod. Right. Yep. Oh, you would uh, too, wouldn't you? Yeah, but if, there are like tack tables and wonder, tripod sure, tables and stuff out there. I'm sure Collie's running his think. on his tripod. Oh, is he? Oh, Maybe yeah. he'll I'm, chirp I'm in. To know he's doing it. Yeah. I think he's in the next one of the next few episodes we'll ask him but um cool um but yeah one, one of the guys south island um shoots a lot of the section 22 matches and stuff um he was looking at a carbon fiber one <clears throat> which he reckons was was pretty robust and would work quite well so i can see how those go i think i think uh if you're doing it on the on the light obviously you're carrying around more shit as weight in most matches, even like long range challenge, which for our matches is probably one of the ones with more, you do a bit more walking, right? Especially up in our Mount Doom. 
but really having a little bit more weight in your gamer plate, like it's aluminium, even mild steel, it's probably not the end of the world. Now, if you're hunting and you're tripod hunting and you're shooting a plate, okay, I can see carbon fiber being a, a thing, but putting that much effort into it seems like a... It's just a, like like I said, there's people who care like a rotten-ass piece of plywood. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I, again, I've, I'm making these ones out of just mild steel and just cutting out different shapes and stuff. And, um, so, and I just put a layer of grip tape on them. And then I think I might make that alloy and then I... I'll probably just leave it mild steel, like because because it's purely just like slipping into my backpack, mm. already on the tripod. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if there's a need for them to be really, really lightweight. Oh, I, but I guess conversely, there's no need for them to be heavy either. No, no. But I'm just thinking of like cost effectiveness, and and because Kiwis yeah. are gonna like we said, we've been seeing like plywood ones for a few years. Yeah, where they just where they've just tech screwed a piece of arcade to a piece of plywood. Product you never thought you needed. Add-on weights for your tripod. <laughs> Someone will do it. <laughs> there's actually, a heavy, there's a heavy tripod. Most, doesn't move. Most tripods, apart from our ones with the, the leveling base, have a hook underneath them, and that is to hang your heavy backpack off them. So that oh, it is too. So yeah. they don't fall over in the wind and smash your spotting scope, mate. <laughs> for the 15th <laughs> for time. <laughs> yeah, that would help. Yeah. I, I, last time I seen that, it was duct taped to the tripod, I believe. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Tom. Thanks, thanks to Tom. Or someone. Yeah. All right. Um. But yes, gamer plates, I think, are quite cool. If you're a tripod shooter, it's worth having a play with one. Again, you don't, yeah. you don't. Hey, go buy one off Jeff. But if you've got a tight budget, just make something, man. Like you get little sections of Arca off Trade Me or eBay for like four dollars. Just little yeah. short sections. So Baker wings, they're not that heavy in their own right, are they? I think they weigh like a half a pound or something. Like, yeah, yeah, I think, is it both of them? About 400 grams? Something yeah. like that, I think, yeah. So they, yeah. Uh, well, well that'd be a pound. But, um, yeah, a pound. Uh, they're, they're a footprint thing. They give you a wider footprint. And they've got that, that thumb groove on them. Is just, if you run your, your uh, support side arm straight out like I do, um you just rest your thumb into it it's a real it's oh, it's nice uh, yeah I'm a big I'm a fan of those so far I won't run them on my practical gun they'll just be on my heavy um, open class gun but um, yeah very cool okay so they, then they look uh, go, stupid though god they look stupid going to caliber I mean certain calibers you're certainly never going to be able to reduce the recoil movement to make a, you know, a, I don't know, a massively measurable difference, like big calibers, right? So, I'm assuming the weightier stuff's got to be used in conjunction with a low recoiling round. Is that sort of the general thrust of that? I'm saying you'd add more weight to your six mil than your six five. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't well, no, if you were if you were persevering with six five, which many yeah. do, you'd. You're well, still going to be waiting it up. You're yeah. still going to be waiting up because it just comes to the fact you're sending a heavier projectile downrange at a similar yeah. speed. So, like now, the trend, which we're starting to see here, just um, it's the slow six millimeters in the last two years with the jet, with the gay tigers and the, the BRAs and stuff. So they're doing like twenty seven fifty some of these things, um, a one hundred eight bullet. So, and then you you combine that with a twenty two pound twenty four pound rifle, and a really really efficient be it like um, a Hardy or an MDT or, or one of the new TMB muzzle brakes. Yeah. 
um, you've got a, a setup that just doesn't move. No. Now, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I think if you're shooting something that's really kicking you around, and I guess like 308 would be on the bottom end of that spectrum, you'd gain more by switching to a 6.5 or putting on a really effective muzzle brake than you would yep. um, playing with your weight too much. Yeah, yeah, true. Yep. You, you can like you can muzzle brake the heck out of something, but you 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 still can't counteract with just a muzzle brake. You can't counteract the fact that such a heavy projectile is. is pushing forward so you have to have um what like force pushing back right like you can, mm. now you can counteract that with weight so you can get a 301 mag which we used to see in competition 301 mag semi remag uh sort of as we got into it they were phasing out essentially but talking to simon previous podcast back in the day that was still standard but if you add enough weight into a semi remag with like a big barrel or a 301 mag to shoot like a six mil it's not going to be that easy to move around essentially like you're going to be up around that 28 30 pound mark I'm, I'm just guessing but um yeah so you've hence the the trend backwards and backwards and backwards and we're now at low, low recoil and bench cartridges but 6.5 creedmoor just decimated the rest of the world when it come to um uh a low recoiling cost effective cartridge for the, the new sport of precision rifle what has become now and then so it, it, it essentially pushed the 308 right out of contention in all modern forms of the sport um, and now that's been it's, it's still very very popular here but you look overseas it's, that's getting pushed out and we've got the fast sixes either re-barrel 243s or we've got, then we've got six creed become a, a, a sammy cartridge and then now it's going into the small wildcats but like Hornaday now do factory six mil GT ammo, so hmm. um, you, you know, like it's yeah, it's if enough people adopt these things, the the big manufacturers are going to take a look at it because they'll think, obviously, it's a business decision. It's viable. We're going to sell X million amount of cartridges a year. They'll do it. So if if, if BRA got that popular, they'd um, they'd do it. I mean, they did it with two eighty Ackley, so it's going to happen. Do you think they go all the way with BRA though? No. Just my my thought is no. like, even if it's so so popular, all those dudes are loading their own rounds, so they're already selling them projectiles probably. Um, and then, you know, would Hornady produce the brass for it and take up, you know, Lapua or um, so Peterson or whatever? I think the era of the tuna is going to reduce the amount of people competing with hand loads. Hmm. Now that tuners, like, tuners have been a thing in, like, air guns and bench rests for years, and now that we're seeing, like... Yeah, 22s. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's just playing with harmonics. It's, it's like, nothing mind break uh, revolutionary. But we get these cool combos with muzzle brakes now, right? So you... And they're easy to tune, and even us um, silly precision-style guys can figure them out. So I see more guys... Um, obviously, Mark's a big factory ammo guy, uh, where he can be. But you could take, like ammo that shoots three quarter inch an inch five shots and just play with the harmonics and in, in 20 minutes and 30 rounds you've got a gun that shoots a one hole group or a five shots and a quarter inch whatever you know you've, you've still got to be able to pull the trigger properly which is a huge issue for a lot of people um so i think the i think the fact that the tuner and if you're if your match is under 700 meters so like don't have to worry that even thousand meters you don't have to worry that much about extreme spreads 
So if you've got like factory ammo that's giving you like 30 feet per second or under extreme spreads, you can tune the group down to well under sub minute. Um, you know, factory GT is not a bad thing then. And because like you're going to buy Hornaday, say, say it'll cost you here, whatever per round of factory, but you go buy Alpha 6 GT brass and that's like $3.50 a case. And then you're going to lose that in the field. So I'd rather lose a Hornaday case than an Alpha. And um, yeah. people are going to argue about what's more accurate. And it's like, well, you're probably the Alpha, but uh, does it doesn't matter. Not, I don't think so. Um, so I, I think the ch- I think the, the, the this era of tuners that we're uh, like rapidly falling into will um, increase the amount of, especially like, not okay. New Zealand's New Zealand, right? Like it's it's a small scene out of all the two hundred fifty thousand license holders. Um, say like our our biggest event over the weekend, like the RT Long Range Challenge, we might see a hundred people, or something, right? Um, that's nothing in the scheme of guns in New Zealand and it's even the same in America with the NRL the, the PRS the different um, outlaw series it's still such a small fraction of the, the market so um, you really yeah I don't know you, we've got 6GT overseas um, whether we see it here is another story but I doubt you'll see every single cartridge like BRAs BRX whatever mm. or Dasher maybe, maybe Dasher but probably not if that answers your question, <laughs> yeah, 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 but the 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 tuner the tuner is a big thing. Um, I'd say within a year, two years, um, you'll see tuners on most the large majority of people's rifles because um, you, you like you can you can hand load right. You get this wicked as load, unbeknown to you, it's um, the projectile you're using is jump sensitive, meaning your seating depth is quite critical you, you stumbled upon a good one your throat burns forward after 300 rounds it's a nice hot six mil and it's jumping several foul more than it wants to and your group opens up and you're like oh fuck this fucking load and with a tuner you can just you can just click adjust and, and, and well, yeah, readjust the tuner and, and tune it back down um, and essentially negate seating depth testing to a certain extent um, which is pretty cool and especially like say Mark shoots factory ammo. He's got got a he got a whole big lot of of Norma recently. Um, shoots real good. The next batch shoots a bit shit. Like the extreme spread's pretty good, the velocity spread, but the accuracy's average. He'll be able to just quickly tune up that load theoretically to a uh, competition ready load. So um, yeah, it's essentially just a tool to make things way easier for uh, people who don't want to hand load or, or constantly tune hand loads because I don't want to tune a hand load every 300 rounds in a 6mm um, yeah. I'd way rather tune it um, mm. yeah. interesting yeah. right so we'll finish with a quiz then eh oh I love it I love a quiz what, what do you think the 338 weighs all up the uh, Ruger precision oh you go first Jeff you go first your, your one yeah Scope and all. So yeah, it's yeah. got a Valdata Recon Valdata G2. Valdata Recon G2. Which yep. is a heavy scope. Yeah, the, ring, the rings will be heavyish yeah. too. It's got four Dura rings, I think. Uh, yeah. Which is 40 millimeters. That's, uh, other than that, it's factory. Okay. No Googling. No I'm Googling weights. I'm going to no say 16 and a half. I'm going to say 20. 
16 and a half. What's 17 and a half? Oh, Graham wins just. It's 18 and a half pounds. I thought it'd be... Yeah, that's... It's not quite as heavy as I thought it would be. Yeah. No. So, so what we know is we're not very good at... um. Estimating guessing, weight guessing or, or distance. <laughs> this is this is the same when everyone shoots like a hundred and eighty pound boar, eh? Yeah, yeah. Or what, exactly. Did you did you weigh it? No, nah, we just estimated. <laughs> I shot one last night and I was certain it was a big pig and it was about ninety. So, so. I don't anyway. think I've ever got past ninety. Right then, uh, the final <laughs> question then is: What's the weight of the Desert Tech HDI fifty BMG? It'd be very, it'd be very similar. Twenty. Jeff. Same scope. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, I'm going to say 21 to be different. Well, you won. 23 pounds. Oh, is it? Yeah. If there's ever a gun I need to add weight to, it's that. <clears throat> yeah, that could probably be a 30 pound gun, couldn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It'd be difficult to balance, though, because it. Well, so it was, actually, it was actually lighter than I thought. When it, when it, you know, I just. It feels a lot heavier gun than, than even the 338 does. But Are we going to. Um, are you going to sell shots of that at Super Steel on the Friday? Yeah, I've got enough ammo. Yeah, so Friday afternoon, depending how we're going with setup, which should all be done, you may get an opportunity to pay to shoot the fifty, which is twenty dollars a shot from memory, was it, Mark? Which is cost. <laughs> I think that was what it was. Hopefully, you didn't want more. Um, <coughs> and we'll have a what a five. So this is a Graham Bishop discount. But there you oh, okay, go. Well, there you go. It might, it may be more, um, but it is a super high. Enter end. the promo code Graham. Just made <laughs> to, my shoot. To, very cheap um, but we'll put like a, a 500 and a 1000 metre target and if you want to have a crack at it you can yeah. um, but again this is like premium ammo premium gun premium optics um, and I'd recommend earplugs and muffs yes in fact we may have to have some spares there because uh, double bag it uh, all, I, I'm, uh, I, I don't want to promise anything but I'm hoping on the we may possibly have an opportunity on the afternoon of the Friday before Super Steel, maybe to people to have a quick practice. Don't know. I don't want to promise anything, but maybe. Um, but that's that's in January anyway. We'll talk about that later on in the year. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening to another riveting episode of our uh, award-winning podcast. Um, Jeff, sorry before you go on. Jeff, do you want, do you have anything to talk about with your shoot coming up? Because you're really the next one. Here's the next one. In our um, neck of the woods. Um, being the North Island. Yes. Yes. Um, what I will say is tickets should be up on the website by the time you hear this. I'm going to try to finish that off tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's so tickets right. will be available. Um, same place as last time. Two more stages. Um, shorter distances. T- 12, 12 stages. Weather. 12 stages. 12 stages. Shoo. Yeah, let's Dude, go. We, we we burned through 10 stages pretty quick even in that crappy weather so I reckon we can fit in 12 it's probably more fear um, of lightning that spit everyone up <laughs> yeah true <laughs> what if you get some dry undies on um, I, I have changed the date as well so it's going to be 30th of October because same weekend as Seeker Show and I've heard from people who like to go to Seeker Show that Saturday's the best day so fill your boots on Saturday and then come shoot the Sunday oh you changed the date Oh, that's it right, also man. means I have an extra day for setup. So it also means I won't be there. No, yeah. why? My wife's birthday. She can move that. Change your change your birthday <laughs> change by your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, change anyway, change wives. Yeah. 
Yeah, Auckland's a wicked place to go. No, anyway. We're going. Good. We're going to South Waikato. It's only it's only three hours. I'm sure I can get there and back. She'll understand. Hey, what's fifteen disappointing years? Just add one more, I know. Exactly. Oh, that's awesome, Jeff. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Yes, it should be good. I um, it's the only reason I'll go that far north is for a, a quality event like that. Um, all right, cool. Well, thank you for coming on, Jeff, and thank you for sponsoring yeah, for this coming. episode. And. Uh, yeah, all right, we will... You'll See hear, you for the 50th. You're just back for the 50th. <laughs> uh, but we'll, uh, we'll talk to you all soon. All right, everybody.